Hello and welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Goslowski. You're listening to us on iHeartRadio and RadioRegent.com. So I'm here with my favorite co-host, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Good. So we're going to start our coverage of the 22nd Annual Real Asian Film Festival. International Film Festival. Let's not forget that. Lots of stuff from Canada, from Toronto, and all over the world. It's amazing. It's uh, it's quite the showcase. So many different kinds of things. So, Courtney and I are just going to start you off with just a few recommendations today. Well, it's a, it's a great festival. Because, and one of the things I love about this festival is wide variety of films, discussions, short films, features. Sometimes there's like food aspects to it depending on what there's you see. Usually, that's a good point. There's there's usually, you, they find a way because the, the people running this festival are not only the nicest people that you probably will encounter. They're also, there's this family kind of atmosphere and most of us, when it comes to family, there's food involved, right? Mm-hmm. Family gatherings, family meals. And so that's, that spirit is ever-present. Also because I know a few of these people, and they're just food fanatics. They love their food, right? And to be able to show that and to uh, like share your enthusiasm for the films and the food sometimes featured in the films, I think is like an added bonus of the, fe- of the Real Asian Festival. Yeah, and what I also like about this festival is a lot of the films they show will either get a theatrical release within the city yeah. or, you know, there's some cases where if it doesn't get a theatrical release you will find it on a streaming service like i know a couple of titles are on netflix now from last year's festival so there's always ways that you can catch up with these films yeah 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 absolutely okay and so before we go on i should tell you that you can find all the information that you need at realasian.com and also that the festival starts next week november the 8th and it runs until the 16th and there's so there's tons of stuff, so please go to realasian.com. But not yet. Listen to us first. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to start off by talking about uh, quite an interesting film. Uh, it's the latest animation from Mamoru Hosada's, his imagination, his wild and amazing ima- imagination. Um, he made Wolf Children and The Boy and the Beast, uh, a number of other f- animated film- feature films. And uh, this one is about a young boy c- trying to come to terms, or actually not wanting to come to terms, with the birth of his baby sister. And as an elder sibling, I t- could totally relate. And so he he really has a hard, hard time. And so does in his hands and in through his vision. It's it's not a, a sickly sweet animated film about love and acceptance. It's it's more he uses all the tricks in the animation field, like all these wonderful tools at his disposal. He uses, you know, painterly images. He uses CGI, mixing 3D, uh, traditional, you know, Mm -hmm. just drawing kind of animation. He uses all of that um, to put to take us into this fantasy world because what happens to the, the little guy, his name is Kun, what happens to him is he, you know, after having his, his jealous reactions, um, 
he just withdraws and, and runs out into the backyard and then is confronted with this family tree that grows. And there, from there, he's catapulted into this fantasy world um, where he past and present meet mm-hmm. in a really interesting way. And so characters from the future and characters from the family past uh, come together and it it's used not, like I said, not in that Disney way. It's used in, in a way to guide him and guide his feelings and guide his understanding of his new role and guide him into an acceptance. And it doesn't sound as serious as I'm saying because it's very gentle. With He's just a little boy, right? So it, it's very gentle. And I really appreciated the way that the the story was framed, the way it was told, and, and like I said, all as a, a fan of animation, all of that, the different kinds of animation. I mean, there's even rotoscoping parts, that, and rotoscoping is is you know drawing on on live action images and and turning them into something in between, something yeah, and then but then like I said, there's these painterly aspects. So you know, as an adult, I appreciate that. Much, very much appreciated this film, and uh, I could see that it would be something that the whole family could enjoy. Yeah, I think the, yeah, it is definitely something that the entire family can watch, and I think the animation is wonderful in the film. Um, I was a little torn on this one, and I think it's because I was such a big fan of Wolf Children, and I really liked the um, the Boy and the Beast, whereas this one I didn't have that same love for, and I think for me. As much as I could identify with a lot of the characters, especially what the parents were going through, um, coming home with a brand new child, trying to deal with that, just change to the environment. Because this film is really about adapting to change at various levels. And for the parents, it's, you know, the mother's exhausted, physically exhausted. The father is taking on more responsibility at the household. You've got young Kuhn who doesn't want change at all. He just wants his parents' attention. And all that was really interesting and relatable. For me, though, I I was never sure if Kuhn was actually learning lessons when he got transported to a fantasy world. And the reason I say that is because he would um, throw a temper tantrum, go into the garden, see the tree, and then get transported, sometimes in the present, past, future, to these different environments where he would learn a valuable lesson. And you think, oh, okay. But the minute he gets back, it's almost as if that lesson was never happened because he starts going back to his old ways. And just the repetition of that, after all, I, I start to wonder, I was like, is he really learning anything? Like, you know, I'm taking stuff from it, but I keep seeing him going through the exact same motions all the time. And I understand that's advice to get him to these various worlds, but I don't know. There was just something about it where after a while I wasn't, I didn't find him as endearing as I did at the beginning. <laughs> well, um, uh, maybe because, I mean, maybe because of my own stubborn streak. I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a little kid I'm relating to in my past and my stubbornness. But I, I found myself infinitely patient with him and infinitely in pa- impatient with the parents. I was the exact opposite. Oh, and because you are the parent. Maybe because I'm, I'm a parent with the young kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Oh, don't tell me that means I never grew up. Come on. No, no, it's 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 interesting. I just and I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Where after a while, maybe my parental um, side started to kick in, and it's like, you why, 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 why are you right? getting this lesson? <laughs> like, right. There are right. several valuable lessons here that you do not seem to to get. But he's so tiny. 
How much is that little kid going to take in immediately? Doesn't it take time? True, but the, the experience... Because when he comes back, the situation's the same. What well, The reason I could relate to him and not the parents as much, I could relate to them at sometimes, but they were surprisingly insensitive, I found. Really? Yes, because they did not seem to... It was like... Oh, they have, there were times when, you know, he'd be reacting to something. And I thought, well, of course he is. You're like, you're, you're totally, completely focused. And you can't say that, that it's because I don't have kids. It's because I have seen my friends with children when the oldest comes along and, you know, they're changing the youngest, ba- you know, diapers or feeding her or something. Um, they make sure that the eldest somehow gets attention. Even while you're changing the kid, you could you talk to the other one or touch the other one on the or something affectionate. And uh, this one was every, so every once in a while, like the mother would be, oh, oh go away, <laughs> like I'm busy. And the dad was so confused by his new role. He was um, he was just almost comical. Yeah, but I think there there are times, especially when you have uh, a newborn in the house, as a parent, they're now learning to adapt to the dynamics. And I found young Kung is so demanding that even when they told him, okay, you know, just wait, you'll get your turn. He was like, no, I need my turn now. You're like when the, the grand... Because little. That's what little people do. I understand that. But it gets to a point where he has to... He has to understand that, look, you, you are now in a situation where we, we love you both and you have to now understand that there's going to be some times where we need to focus on the baby. And his response would be like, I'm just going to hit the baby with the train. You know, things yeah, like, yeah. and stuff like that would, as a parent, would drive them even further. And the father, he's kind of all out of sorts because he's doing a whole bunch of stuff that I'm assuming he probably hadn't had never done, done no, before. Yeah. So he's trying to manage that and keep the, you know, the house calm. And then you've got the kid around. And I understand he's young. All, all kids or a lot of kids when there's a new baby in the house, they'll get jealous. And what, But it was in terms of how he kept navigating and the reason why I say I wonder if he learned anything because there's a, there's a moment where he gets transported to this world where he and a young girl I don't think it was his sister I can't remember there was a young girl where they're no it was a different girl where they're in that house and they're just destroying ransacking this house yeah and, yeah, I, I, and, and now I can relate to your yeah and then the the at the end her mother comes home and she pushes him out and she gets in a lot of trouble and you in that one moment, you think, oh, he's finally seeing the other side of, like, what he is doing and how upset his parents would be. But then the minute he goes back home, he goes back to being a terror again. It's like, oh, but you've – there's certain – But how nuts. many – I mean, how old is this kid? Is he three? Like, how many logical three-year-olds do you know? I don't know if it's being logical. I just think no. that with the ex- – the experiences are so – out of worldly because you know the fantastical and so memorable mm-hmm. that while he's in it you get the sense that oh there's something like resonating but the minute he gets back home it's like he forgets he just had this impactful experience so i don't know i think again and maybe it could just be that i i liked the previous films that this director did so a lot more and especially how he creates these elaborate worlds and provide certain rules with the wor- with the world whereas this one I didn't feel like I really understood the rules like with the there's a scene there's a section where he encounters the family dog in a slightly different form mm-hmm. and I couldn't quite figure out exactly how that worked or why 
they would hide in plain sight. Like there was just a lot of stuff going on where I didn't quite get. It. I was still interested, right? But it, I I didn't understand the rules of the world he was entering, and then. What if, but what if there are no rules? What if that, that's the point of it is that when you go into this fantastical world of the imagination, then that, Which it, it could logical. be. It could be because there's a lot of, all, there's all a lot of animated. All are broken. And yeah. that's what, what is great about the, the other world that the filmmaker creates. Yeah, there's a lot of animated films where you don't necessarily understand the, the rules of the world, but it's still intriguing. And I think because the world in this film or say 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 worlds because there's several different formats mm-hmm. that it takes and people are doing different things depending on the world that's why i was just kind of thrown off and then me being a little annoyed by <laughs> by, <laughs> by this rambunctious um, youngster it just kind of it, it didn't quite work the way i expected to i still think people should see it it's it's a it's an interesting film it's just well i i'm Telling, I'm going to tell people absolutely. You have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's infinitely interesting and refreshing. And um, the only thing is, there were t- sometimes too many times where we were in like the child world. the re- The reality world was sometimes a little bit too um, too stagnant. Or yeah, too mm-hmm. stagnant, too normal. You know, and then and focusing too much on his his temper tantrums and this kid, which to me that made total sense, but it wasn't as interesting as when he went off. But I think the the those other worlds, you know, that time we spend in those other worlds and the way that he learns these lessons and eventually, you know, it it kicks in. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it kicks in. We'll just we'll just <laughs> say that. Um, and the and the progress of it, and like I said, the different kinds of animation that I saw, I just I found it fascinating. So definitely gives you a lot to talk about. Yeah, you know what? I forgot <laughs> to say the title of the film. Did I say it at the beginning? Uh, Mirai. Mirai. So that's Mirai. Do you want to move to uh, Finding Big Country next? Yes. Yeah, so the, that that one was an international pick, and this one is a Canadian pick. So Finding Big Country. It's, it's, it's a wonderful fan film where the fan ends up going on this journey to discover what happened to one of her um, athletic heroes. So it's about um, the filmmaker herself. Is it Catherine in the film? No, it's Katie. Uh, it's Kathleen. Ka- Kathleen it's, Jamie. Her name is Kathleen. Yeah, but, but I think they call her like Cat or Cat. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to call her that because she is she is Cat. She's just the, <laughs> like this very um, friendly, unpretentious. She's a completely a fan of this now gone uh, Vancouver basketball team called the Grizzlies, and they ended. They f- they stopped existing in 2001. Yeah, they moved to Memphis. Yeah, the team was moved to Memphis, and that was the end of that. And so when she was growing up and she was a kid, she was a, a complete fan, and she went to a ton of games. I was so jealous of her that she grew up, you know, going to games with her brother and her, and her father and, and just, you know, all these things. And she had a favorite player. 
And his nickname was Big Country, Bryant Reeves, Bryant Big Country Reeves. And he was just this massive seven, seven foot tall. Like he was just yeah, over seven. Yeah. Yeah. Over seven foot tall um, player. And, you know, he he played and challenged like some of the best of them. So she had every reason to be enamored. Um, There was just this thing about this big country. Um, He seemed to be kind of like geeky and not quite star material. But anyway, she loved him and she loved the team. And uh, I guess, you know, when she discovered in the museum, like the Museum of Sports in Vancouver, that really there was just one tiny, what was it? Yeah, it was just a basketball. A basketball. Like one, one artifact, yeah. Of all the displays everywhere in the entire museum that, that, that the Grizzlies only got a basketball. So that prompted her, you know, and also she still had all her memorabilia and all that. So eventually she just decides she's going to go find out what happened to him because he, he actually had to leave the team early because of, a, of a, an injury. So she goes out and goes through this process of trying, you know, because nobody knows where he is. And so that process I found really interesting. Her enthusiasm and her as a character. It's a documentary, but as a character in the documentary, she's totally engaging. Mm -hmm. And the way she sets up the story and then sets up this, this mystery and this adventure goes off. And... Eventually, you know, what happens when she goes looking for him? I, I just found it all very engaging and very down to earth. It's refreshing to see someone just, you know, just be so honest about their passion and, and not try, not, a, not putting on airs, not, not anything. She, she just loves it. I think the fact that she's such a charming individual on her, in her own right really makes this film work because yeah. there's a point where early on because she's looking for big country she becomes the focal point for a lot of the film which is always a risky thing for a documentary is when you have the director essentially becoming the subject yeah. of the film while searching for another subject or while confronting another subject it's always uh, an iffy thing but I found she is so charming and you know, you start to see the parallels between her life and big country and the impact he had and just her personality really makes you want to follow this journey. And then, you know, as things unfold, it almost feels natural. You know, the, 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 the latter half of this film, which to her is probably the most important aspect, you know, the most influential aspect of the movie and in her life, it all feels very natural, you know, and it's, and I remember when Big Country was in the league, and I remember how when he came in, he was a presence, uh, but the team was horrible. And he, <laughs> and as with a lot of star players on on poor teams, you know, unfairly take up a lot of abuse. Whereas the the legacy of Big Country isn't necessarily as favorable. Thing, but watching this film, I was like, no, he was really a good player. <laughs> like you, you forget that he he was skilled, he was talented. He could, you know, if he had better people around him, that team might have done a bit better. But also says something very interesting about Canadian sports and how after six years the Grizzlies were gone and without a trace, like Vancouver of all places, would doesn't have a single thing there for them because it's again it's hockey. 
I'm sure like the MLS soccer team and stuff probably gets more respect. And you think, well, it's it's fascinating because here in Toronto, basketball is it took a while, but basketball is now a big thing. Oh, it, it's still yeah, it's, it's still behind hockey. Um, some would say it, it's up slightly above baseball now because the Jays aren't doing as well. But if the Raptors were to ever leave, people would still remember them. You know, whereas Vancouver just kind of like, oh, they were terrible. We throw them away. It's like, no, but we, you had an NBA team in Vancouver. That's like a huge thing, even if it was only momentarily, right? And it's, yeah. So it's it's kind of nice that you have a film like this to remind of a time when, you know, yes, you did have a team and that team was impactful to its fans. They were horrible in terms of winning, but they were still very memorable. And, you know, people like Big Country perfectly encapsulate that team you know they weren't what you expected but they were still genuine they still had importance you know so it's 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 fascinating yeah so this is a great film and um it's called finding big country and we recommend it there's going to be a spotlight on minsook lee okay and so real asian x is a part of the festival where it takes you away from the traditional film experience and includes things like installations, VR, things like that. Oh, okay. So part of of uh, Relation X is going to have, you know, part of the tribute to or the spotlight, Canadian spotlight artist Min Suk Lee. The other part is a VR experience, and I had a chance to look at the VR experience, and it's called Homestay. And uh, it's a piece by Paisley Smith that um, it actually today is Thursday, November 2018, right? Today is November 1st. Mm -hmm. And it starts today. You can watch it as of today. I think it might be closed by now. But from today onwards until the 10th, you can watch experience the VR piece at the Festival Lounge at 401 Richmond, which is uh, it's room 450B at the Commons of 401 Richmond. And so I really liked it because it, it's a little bit different than the VR experiences that I've seen. Okay. I am not an aficionado. I am not an expert. I haven't seen a, an extraordinary amount of them. But from the few that I've seen, what I really liked about it is the abstract quality of the imagery. So that it's interactive in this really fascinating way um, because you're contributing to a landscape that is actually abstract and it's, it's uh, signifying um, or representing um, this memorial garden at the University of British Columbia, Natobe Memorial Garden. And it's, it's actually paper craft paper crafted the trees and and the, oh, okay. the elements in there so when you're in the space it's in this paper craft crafted version of a forest and over top of that you hear paisley's paisley smith's narration and what she's talking about is something that i think impacts a lot of people um, around the world and in canada and it's it's about homestay is about when students come from other parts of the world to stay in Canada 
part of their experience, they choose sometimes to stay with a family mm-hmm. to enhance that experience of coming to school here and living in Canada and living as a Canadian. And this is the story of one family's experience with that. Um, and what happens when a tragedy happens, how that person becomes part of your life, part of your family. And it's a first-person account, so you hear her narration. And her narration is brilliant because it's very simple, it's very straightforward, and that way, when she tells the details of what happened, of the tragedy of the story, it's more impactful that way. And I found it to be a very rich emotional experience, an upsetting one, but more of a rich experience than, for example, the live action ones that I've seen. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the live action VR experiences. I'm just saying this one was different Mm -hmm. and that this one had more room for my emotions in it, I think. So were you in it as an observer or or are you in it embodying the the person coming from overseas living with the family? It's kind of in an abstract way. I'm not embodying the person. I am inside it. I'm inside this space. But my place in that space starts to take on a different kind of role. Oh, that's good. You know, like... Yeah. Um, but it's it's more of a, a symbolic, metaphoric kind of role. It's it when I'm in that space and she's telling the story, the way that the imagery then surrounds me, and what she does with certain pieces of this imagery and the way she surrounds me as she's getting into the nitty gritty of what happened to this poor person, mm-hmm. um, then my feelings. It's it's as if it summons my feelings, what the imagery is doing, you know? No, that sounds really good. It's, yeah, it's, I wasn't sure that I was able going to actually be able to put it into words because of this different kind of, this different layer of reaction to yeah. it, you know? And so, yeah, so I highly, highly recommend this this piece, Homestay. It's the VR experience that you can see at Real Asian. Like I said, it starts started today, and it's running until the tenth, which is not, you know, the festival starts on the eighth. So this is something you guys you have to plan on. It takes about fifteen minutes of your time. So you know, go on the the website and you know get the details of how you can make sure you see it, and you know haven't had the time to see it and really experience it. So go to realasian.com. Go to realasian.com for everything. All Everything you want to know about uh, this year's edition, the 22nd edition of the Real Asian International Film Festival. So that's it for this week. For Courtney Small, I'm going to say thanks everyone for listening and please come back next week. We have more Real Asian discussion. Okay, catch you next week. Take care.